Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Husky Fan Podcast. Wrapping up 12-0 regular season. A lot of stuff to talk about. Not a lot of time to do it in. Uh, Jimmy, I got some stats on 12-0, but uh, why don't you share your thoughts first? Yeah, can't ignore the feat. I mean, especially the last year of the conference. Washington gets it done for the first program to do it in the Pac-12 era. Obviously, the second team in Washington history. Incredible feat on top of a 19-game winning streak. Though the the mental strain and uh, difficulties of putting away teams that you feel like that you are far superior to does put you in sort of a some mental exhaustion. I, I think uh, it's just amazing where twelve and zero is such a tremendous feat. But you know, there's more to play with or play for. Excuse me. And so it's kind of this weird, uh, you know, what's the word? Dichotom of uh, dichotomy of this situation where. They have they have more to prove with the conference championship. Where you know if it was done correctly, we'd be playing Arizona. But of course, we've got to beat Oregon twice now, and then uh, of course the CFP. So it's it almost kind of takes away from what is so incredible because there's more to go and there's bigger aspirations ahead in the sense of history and the national perspective. So it's weird. You got to enjoy it. But, you know, the board said it's a short week. There's no 24 hours of enjoying it. They're already on to Oregon. So here we are uh, mentally drained, exhausted. It's almost uh, torturous at times in this scenario. I, I, I find it difficult at times to enjoy it and where I'm stressing out, which shouldn't be the case we should be look i was in the position of feeling like we were gonna lose this game to the cougs at home where you know look we're the better team easily you you could see it on the field but there there's just so many things that happened and came to light during the year you know just issues and uh we we let or you know Washington State stay in the game, and the longer you let people teams stay in the game, it gets more stressful. So uh, here we are, but tremendous way to end the season, phenomenal. But there's still more to go. Yeah, um, a couple you know different people have asked me, "Oh, you must be really enjoying the Husky season." And I said. No, when your team is really fucking good and you're trying to win the whole thing and you're playing for everything, it is stressful. Yeah. It's a stressful season because every little tiny, like every fucking play, every game, how much did you win by? You know, how did this other team do? You might have to play. Yep. You know, did this guy get hurt? It's, you know, you could, you could, but the season's over. Then you could, you know, I, I, I mean, I sound like a, <laughs> like a, like I'm a coach or like I'm a player, but that that's, you know, th- that's the emotional attachment we all have uh, to this football team, this football program. But um, you know, that that's why it's, there, there's so much riding on every game and that's why it's so difficult 
to yeah, take and, a step and back and really enjoy it. And nitpicking everything along the way. Why are we doing this? What in the hell was that? How on earth could... I mean, that series before the winning field goal or the three plays, I was, I was losing it, losing my cool. I threw my phone. I, I, I won't lie. Full disclosure. I could not believe that we were throwing the ball in that situation. And we had great field position for the field goal. And then Penix takes a sack and I'm just, I am mentally just, Freaking out. I mean, Washington State had two opportunities to intercept the ball uh, on on two of those passes, and it's like that pass down the middle into the end zone was full of cougars. I'm just he just pound the ball in the middle of the field and light up gross for a nice kick. Instead, we end up with like a what a 42 yarder, and then he kicks. The first one through on the timeout, and I'm thinking, my God, why did you kick that through? But obviously, it didn't matter. But all of the emotional and mental gymnastics that I was going through, I was already setting myself up for a loss. I have been the last few weeks. I'm not going to lie. I DeBoer has proven me wrong, of course. Look, I predicted this game to be a victory, but I was expecting 50 points out of this offense. DeBoer says this offense is so close to turning the corner. It has not turned the corner. You know, now it's the defense bailing out the team. You know, they, yeah. are, they are making the clutch plays. Yeah, I thought the offense was close against Utah. It was not close. This, I mean, this, this was, I, I feel like the, the, at this game, the offense was worse than against Arizona State. I mean, the, the protection, the protection was good, but I think just Penix is passing. This, this was probably his worst passing game of the year. It felt it, like that to me. He was so off target, but and I feel like though some of the the plays though I mean I look I don't know what they're dialing up I don't know what he's looking at I don't have all that insight, but some of the throws were, <clears throat> seemed so hard he was throwing so far across the field. Yeah, uh, I mean in he, some it, situations, and he was. It, it seems like he's afraid to throw at uh, the middle of the field. Yeah, it's it's puzzling to say the least because like we saw that last week at Oregon State, and my thought process as well. You know, they didn't want balls going off hands in the rain, and you know, taking a crazy tip and getting into a defender's hands. But that was the case this week. Uh, you know, it was truly. You know, Westover only comes shows up when it like truly matters, <laughs> and he's making like acrobatic catches which Grinnell's asked Penix and Penix asked like what do you mean easy what he taught you know like he didn't like Grinnell's question and the presser but um shocking yeah shocking to say the least but yeah it was uh it was very it was very odd I mean Dylan, Dylan Johnson only I think had one catch and he had that it was like that was in the middle of the field kind of a short intermediate pass uh, but yeah the, it, it just seems like Something's up with the scheme. Something's up with Penix. I, you know the way his reaction at the end of the game. I'm I'm wondering about you know is the pressure just starting to to creep into this team? It's like they're hanging on. It's like it's like we're just hanging on as much as we can. Um, and obviously Dylan Johnson looked hobbled at the beginning, but he, you know he didn't seem to be limping later. I don't know if they gave him a shot of something or what, but. He was limping a lot early. Tybo got a little bit of run, and then you never saw him again. 
Nixon, a couple plays. It was just a very, um, it, it just felt like, are, are we going to unleash this week? Like we're just doing everything we can to, to get to this conference game and then we're going to let it rip. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think for Penix, it was probably uh, an emotional release. Yeah. Getting to 12. I mean, no, it, 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 ha- it had to be. Yeah. Well, they've won 19 in a row. It's a lot of that'll. T- well, the other thing too, think of all the mental strain of playing all these games. So close. So close to the wire. No, nothing easy since Oregon. You know, Oregon on the other side, they're averaging winning by 27 points per game. But, you know, they, they've they got teams at the right time and they haven't played. You know, they didn't have to play Arizona. They actually they get an extra day of rest for the championship. But, you know, there, there's got to be some emotional taxation just playing these games so close to the edge. Yeah, it- and you, you made a really good point. I can't remember when it was. I want to say it was like maybe two or three weeks ago talking about um, you watched something on the, what was it, the 2007 Patriots? Yeah. The, when they got uh, they got consumed by, yeah, just talk about that, how they got con- suddenly oh, yeah, consumed they, by going undefeated. Yeah, they were going undefeated they, to, to be the, un- but they weren't. They weren't focused on like winning the Super Bowl. They were just, and they lost to the Giants. They lost to Eli, but they just, you know, they were just so focused on getting that undefeated season that they weren't thinking beyond like winning the Super Bowl. I heard that on a on them talking about the post game, like their mindset was just getting that undefeated season, not you know, and that should have been on like finishing the, you know, should have been on winning the Super Bowl. It, you know that should have been their final goal, but um, yeah, and that and that only it only comes in at a certain point of the season when right. it becomes it's it becomes apparent that like oh we could we could go undefeated we could do this like I yeah. think like I think the Warriors in in pro basketball I think in twenty I, yeah I think it was in twenty sixteen I think they broke the Chicago Bulls record and then they right. won I mean they of course they lost. You know, they almost lost before the NBA Finals, and then they lost to LeBron in Game 7. But that was, like, towards the end of the year, they were, like, you know, talking about, like, yeah, we want to break that record. We'll be the best team of all time. But it's I, – I hope that we're – you know, that – I hope that that um, is not um, – you know, I hope that doesn't cause us to – have an issue with this game on Friday or, you know, may, or maybe this was the game where we just, it was like, everything was like a big emotional release and we had to have some kind of, I don't know. Um, but it, it, it feels like that. I'm not saying we're going to have the same fate as those teams, but I, I think you made a very good point about that two or three weeks ago when you brought that up. And, well, and I, th- uh, yeah, well, we, you know, you and I haven't really, well, I haven't learned you know, to, to to trust these guys at the end, but I just feel like the team is walking such a fine line. Uh, you know, there's just some penalties that are just jaw dropping that take place at times. You know, the offsides and obviously that intentional grounding was very strange. You know, DeBoer mentioned after the game that the officials have never called. One official said they had never made that call. 
and then and then you had the uh you know you had uh dom hampton jumping over the line but ztf oh my god i mean just what a stupid like it and what on what are you doing and even before halftime like why are you fucking calling a timeout when you're you've done nothing offensively and all you're doing is helping them you're giving them more time like it's 14 7 you're gonna get the ball you know you don't yeah. call a timeout unless you get like one or two first like it was just and that's you know, the, we, false, we the got thing a false is start right there yeah right? and we yeah, had Rosengarten. yeah and we had enough we had enough time like what i i think we had enough timeouts there where i mean i think we had two where you know even if we lost some time on the clock you know we still had enough there was enough time where we didn't need to do that but still that was just you know just 14 7 you get the ball in the second half it just there was no there was no need to do that like it was just so stupid so perplexing and and i was blown away by some of the lack of push we were getting on some of the short yardage you know and that part of it could have been dylan johnson's foot where he wasn't as physical as he normally is but he still was trucking a few guys here and there but it didn't feel like we were getting push up front against their smaller line you now brock mentioned that you know they're a smaller line but they were quick i don't know if that was giving them trouble but uh it you know, and then you know, Jalen Polk is 0 for 10 in his last 10 targets. Yeah, and he had a he had a perfectly thrown ball, you know, to convert. Obviously, you know, we converted later with, with the insane Rome play. Um, but you know, Polk dropped the ball that was right in his hands. I mean that that was never hit. He he was he's one of the most sure-handed guys on the team. And then, you know, McMillan had five catches for 25 yards. I, you know, he, he, he looks a step slow to me. He looks hesitant, um, you know, but Penix acknowledged after the game that they have a lot to work on offensively and they have to get better. So I don't, I, I hope they consider just kind of changing up the offense somewhat and, and considering the philosophy they've been, you know, so working with the sense of Oregon, I mean, it just has it has put this team in some very perilous scenarios where they've been able to pull it out. But boy, it just if it, it's gut wrenching. That's all I could say. It's gut wrenching uh, to go through these very stressful scenarios where some of it's just self inflicted. Where it's how how is this happening right now? I mean, that series before the. The three plays before the field goal, I mean, I was out of my mind. I, I get it. You want to score a touchdown, have a big moment with Penix, go to Rome, you, you close it out with a touchdown, but you literally just have to run Dylan Johnson up the middle, even if he doesn't get any yards, even if he gets loses one or two yards. You're, you're basically a chip shot field goal. And then... The scenario where you you literally the cardinal sin is to take a sack there, and we take and they get a sack on us. That's the and it felt like you know Penix had a decent. Penix never gets sacked. It was Washington State's D line that good? No, they're not a very good. They were not that good. Yeah, I, and I, I I like Brock, but the guy is bordering on insufferable. Oh, dude, as he an is. announcer, I mean, he's just like a mag. You know, when a cougar would make a pl- play. 
I don't, there was some guy who made a play in the third quarter. Maybe it was early in the fourth. He was like, that's the greatest play this young man has made in his life, you know, or something <laughs> like that. That's, that's the biggest play he's made in his life. Like, okay, Brock. I mean, he's just, he has to, he has to just take every little play and just make it seem like it's he, he, he's the most just over, important he's, thing. He's got way, over, way the top. over the top. Yeah. I mean, the, I've listened, I listened to him. He, in the Civil War game, in this game, it's just like, yeah, everything's so profound every moment, and it's just yeah. so it's like that, so, that's that's it. that's what you're right, profound. That's the perfect word. It's like, dude, dude, settle down. And then and then Joel, what's his Menendetti, something like that. Jason Benedetti, is that his name? Jason Benedetti, yeah, is that it? Yeah, he. Like uh, there was one call where a Coog looked like he, he didn't go down. He's like, he's still running. He, he's not down. He's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, dude, he's down. He absolutely is down. It's relax yourself. It at times it almost felt like they're rooting for the Coog win. And I don't know if like Brock has this underlying issue of he doesn't want to seem biased to Washington because he played there, but boy, I don't know, man. I mean <laughs> his organ and Nick's fluffing insane. A lot of Coog fluffing. I mean I mean, whatever. Yeah, but he is borderline insufferable now. I used to like him. Now it's he's hard to listen to. So, yeah. But so, so but yeah, hey, yeah. But we'll so, yeah, so one, up. what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, gonna take a couple questions, but we'll be quick. Okay. But, uh, but one thing on the twelve and zero, because I look, I looked this up, and I, I may have mentioned it the last pod or one before that, but I looked it up. So. In the last 90 years, almost the entirety of this conference, nine teams have had undefeated regular seasons. So not just undefeated in conference, but entire regular season undefeated. So nine teams in the last 90 years in the history of this conference. Six of those nine won the national championship. Wow. The, The other three that didn't basically played for the national championship. The ones that didn't, Oregon 2010, USC 2005, and I'm including Arizona State 1996 because they were undefeated. They lost at the end of the Rose Bowl, but had they won, they probably would have won. You know, they might have been voted number one in one of the polls. Would have been really close, but they close enough for this study. So basically, that's what the history tells you. You have an undefeated regular season in this conference. You're basically playing for the national championship. Wow. And so if we can, if we can, you know, get our shit together and play like we did the first half of the season and beat Oregon, you know, maybe, maybe we get, we're playing in the Rose bowl and we get matched up with, you know, not Georgia, you know, maybe Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not, I mean, not to say that's like a super winnable game, but, um, you know, you know, you never know. I mean, that uh, a month for us to get ready. Yeah. This team needs a month, man. They, yeah, I they really, like, yeah, they really do. I, I feel like I, I, tomorrow, maybe this two or three hours, step away from the game entirely. Like, just I don't know, cold plunge, sauna, get some, get some meditation tapes, like zone out, and then lock in and dial in for for Oregon. I just. This team's got to get healthy. They got to get their mind right. They got to get their emotions in check. They got to get to work because this passing game has to be ready to roll against Oregon. 
right? Because that's where Oregon struggles is the secondary. And if we can get if we can get uh, get sorted out there in the passing game, you know, I, they got a great chance to win. Uh, beat them three straight. Yeah, J- Jimmy, just think of how mentally exhausted we are as fans. Like the the, the, fan, the fans listening, I'm sure they. It's it's been a long and exhausting season as a fan. Yeah, and so how, you can think think of how the players and coaches probably feel, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's that's what I'm saying. Like the, these guys are, you know, the 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 tightrope. They're on the tightrope and playing these games down to the wire, and it comes down to a couple of just massive plays. I mean, think of all of just the big plays. Like they, it is a magical season in a sense, and some of the stuff we've witnessed this year, it's just like. How can you keep doing this? I mean, the Odunze play, you know, to on the fourth and one on your own 29. <laughs> Holy shit, man. You're just like, ah, <laughs> uh, on um, pins and needles. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we whip out this play they've never done. Get Odunze on the edge. Bam, 23 yards down the field. Then once that happened, I felt like we're going to win this game. And then we get that one-on-one with Odunze down by the end zone. And the guy's right there to make the play. You're like, Holy shit. And yeah, then, I was, anyway. I was, st- yeah, I was still not convinced we were going to win, even though we got to field goal range. Yeah. I mean, uh, it just, yeah, it, it didn't feel right to me, but still ominous. Now Johnson, what he would have got the first down if we handed it to him ba- barely. Um, and the other thing is I know that the, the personal foul, was a really bad call oh, against the Cougs. We still would have got into field goal range. Like we were down there at the, that gave us a big boost, but we were down there, I think at the what, 15 yard line at one point. Yes. Yeah. It was a ticky tack call, but we also had uh go forth, had a pretty shitty uh, personal foul call and he pushed the lineman in the back. I don't know. Oh yeah. Seems that was, yeah, that wasn't, yeah. That, wasn't, that seemed to be, that was ticky tack. That didn't seem right. Well, what questions you got? Or we can pause real quick, take a quick break. I need 10 minutes or we can just uh, knock this out. Uh, let's, let's knock this out. Um, okay. Just let's one go one question. What, what's, yeah. What's up with Polk dude was money all year. Now he can't catch a cold. Why not more passes to Westover? Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, well, Penix, I mean, a couple, I think a couple of those throws to Westover, like they weren't even that accurate once that he caught. They were not. They were not. They were not. They were tough catches. <laughs> That's just Westover's specialty is to catch everything that comes his way. Um, Yeah, they, that's – and Westover was wide open too, and he had to make, you know, a really, you know, exceptional efforts to catch those balls. And, you know, it's weird with Polk. You know, he was talking so much smack in Corvallis before the game. And then when he had that first big drop, they had a, I mentioned they had a close up on him. It looked like deer in the headlights uh, from there on out. I, I don't know what's going on. Very strange. Uh, it's unexplainable. I don't, I don't get it. He's one of the most sure handed guys on his team, clutch receivers, made tremendously huge plays. And, uh, you know, that, that, the rhythm and the and the communication and the synergy between Penix and the receivers outside of Rome is is perplexing to say the least. I mean, Bernard 
is a pretty sure-handed guy. He's been very uh, uninvolved uh, in the offense of late. So I, I, I don't have any answers for it. But they, they've got to, they've got to retune and uh, figure out uh, ways of making this easier. And I was thinking, like, why aren't we running Washington State's passing game? I mean, they were just like getting these easy seven, eight yard passes. We just need some of those. We don't need to go with these thirty yard to the sideline passes all the time. I mean, some of these Coug, you know, receiver routes, they were just getting them on us all day long. It's like we can we just do a couple of those plays. Isn't that supposed to be Jalen's specialty? Yeah, I, yeah. It just seems like it's we, yeah. Like to your point, we don't throw anything over the middle. I, I, I can't explain it. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm concerned about Penix's health in some capacity. I mean, he's so. It feels like he's so inaccurate now. He only threw for two hundred yards tonight. Yeah, like two hundred yards. He only threw for two hundred yards. So I, you know, we'll 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 dive into it more. This is a quick reaction pod. Got we, you know, yeah. we can't lose sight of the tremendous feat uh, well, this team's well accomplished. accomplishment. Yeah, um, phenomenal. Just, Jack has a question. Your reaction if one of the two unnecessary throws could have been interceptions, or you said if they were interceptions on the last drive, what would that reaction have cost in bail money to bail you out of jail? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the thing is, I, I don't know. Maybe we still win in overtime. You know, may, maybe I, I don't like maybe... our chances in overtime, honestly, especially at the 25. I don't like, I don't like our chances there. Elijah Jackson just got smoked on, on just an insane play before the half. I, I don't like our odds in overtime in that game, especially where the field sets up for overtime. If we had thrown yeah, that, a pick, that is you're you're right. That is kind of scary. The overtime rules. Yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I don't like the rules the way we play sometimes, and especially for like inside the ten. Um, if we had thrown a pick there, I, I, I would just would have pinned it on the coaches. Like you know, that's on you. That you cost you. You did that to yourself. I mean, it would have been really heartbreaking and crushing for that to happen but there, there's no excuse to be running those plays at that point in the game literally makes no sense there's like no logic to that none <laughs> and then you, you, if you get incompletions you're stopping the clock like there literally makes there is no logic behind that why would you stop the clock you want to run this clock down as far as you can and kick the winning field goal and end the game. That's all you want to do. Why on earth would you do that? I don't know. Just, yeah, I would have lost my mind. Probably I would have been, I'd have been like, you chose to lose the game. <laughs> I, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I know. Deep I've ball said is cool. Yeah. I know the deep ball is cool. How about just getting six to 10 yards several times in a drive, like any other team might do yeah. yeah i mean i i think it's uh, part of it is Penix and his hesitance to th- throw over the middle i think not having giles jackson you know you're relying on jalen today who is still rusty you know he had he had some catches but you know really nothing that was he, he it the, the passes he caught were like bo nick specials basically yeah you know um so i i think that 
impact of the middle, you know, also Penix. It's it just since Jalen's injury, like Penix has not been terribly accurate over the middle of the field, with the exception, I think, of of Giles against uh, Oregon and USC. So I, I think that's part of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, it, it's it's Pe- Penix has lots of reads, and he, you know, he loves throwing these deep shots. And, you know, so far it hasn't really cost us. Um, and, you know, t- to be honest, we're probably going to need some of those deep shots this game on Friday. Sure. Yeah. No, well, that's what I'm talking about. We got to get the rhythm, the timing, the communication, the mojo, the attitude, the confidence, all of it's got to return. And Penix acknowledged that in the postgame presser. So, all right, man, yeah. we got to close this out. We got to close this out. Um, yeah. Just another minute. Yeah, I think with I think with yeah, final thoughts on Penix. I think it's I think it's a it's just a combination of everything. I mean the the weight of going twelve and zero. You know all the you know all all the the stress. You know the emotions, the Heisman. You know this, you got that. Um, you know I, I think it's a lot for a guy who you know thought he wasn't going to be playing football anymore a couple of years ago, and and also this was his, you know his last game in Husky stadium and not, not to say that like, he's a hugely emotional guy, but um, I don't know. Well, you know Michigan not that Husky I... says Michigan Husky says he's a crier, but I only remember him crying uh, against Oregon. And then tonight it appeared he was in tears, but I can't recall any other games. He was crying. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was just the K, you know, the Caleb Williams thing where he was crying and he just didn't, you know, he didn't want the uh, attention on him, but yeah, I, you know, I, I assume he'll be, you know, ready to go this Friday. Yeah, they, you know, we've talked. They, they like the big lights. They like the big moments, and doesn't get much bigger than this. Yeah, because they, you know, Oregon's already been crowned. They're nine and a half favorite, point favorites. They're the best team in the country. Apparently, they have the best quarterback to ever play the game. So, their and their defense is better than the eighty-five Bears defense. Yes. Yeah. So basically they're playing the greatest team in college football history on Friday. Who they've already beaten once this year. Yeah. And they've beaten twice in 13 months. Yeah. All right, buddy. I know you got to run, but uh, good talk, brother. Uh, Yeah. Dogs 12 and 0. This is an incredible accomplishment and there's a lot more to be accomplished. So, 12-0, 12-0, way to go, guys. Incredible regular season, our second-best ever regular season. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll try and bask in that glory for a couple days, and then we'll get ready to uh, bring home the Pac-12 championship and uh, hopefully a birth in the Rose Bowl. Thanks for the therapy session. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>